Hello, this is episode one of season three. In this episode, I'll be sharing where to start when determining your budget for your renovation or new build. It's an important first step in any project starting well. So let's dive in. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. Get It Right podcast partner this season is Kiko LED. So Kiko LED is customizable DIY LED strip lighting that you can order online to your specifications for your needs and your project. So perhaps you've been looking for that integrated designed lighting solution and you found it really hard to access as a one-off for your project. It's expensive to get made to order or it requires your electrician to do a bunch of work on site to make it happen. But you can just see that LED strip lighting channel concealed in your joinery or perhaps included in the walls of your stair void or around the edge of your deck to add drama in the evenings. Then I really encourage you to check out Kiko LED and that's Kiko K-I-I-K-O. Now previously this level of customization and design for lighting solutions it was only accessible to those in the trade and Kiko instead brings custom linear LED to you from their headquarters in Brisbane Australia and it's all able to be ordered online via the Kiko website. So you pick your design, you pick your length, you pick your LED light type. If you need help with designing your LED strip lighting solution, you can always jump on the phone or email one of their team as well. And I've been able to organise with Kiko a fantastic UA community only offer. So if you head to their website at www.kiko.com.au forward slash undercover architect, you'll be able to access a $25 discount to use on your first order. And that link will be in the show notes as well. So pricing starts at $95 per lineal meter plus shipping. So it's great quality, really affordable product that can really offer that lighting design edge that you may be looking forward to make your new home or renovation project feel great. Now let's get on with this episode, the first in this brand new season of the Get It Right podcast. I can't quite believe that we're at season three already and this one promises to be a really helpful season for those of you getting started on your renovation or new home. So in the introductory episode for this season three, I mentioned three types of animals that homeowners can turn into when it comes to planning their budgets for their projects. Did you catch that episode? Can you remember what the three animals are? So there was the ostrich, the chameleon and the bull, all with specific traits to avoid when setting and staying on your project budget. And I also challenged you to flip your thinking when it comes to your budget for your renovation or new home, to think about it as a tool or as an investment and not as a hurdle or a handicap for your project. 
Now, one of the big questions that I get around renovating and building is, what is it going to cost me to renovate or build my home? And in fact, I've actually got a blog with that title on my website, and it's it's the most visited page on Undercover Architects website by far. And it's understandable because money is such a critical part of whether a project can happen or not. And you want to know early on so that you can decide whether A, you can afford to do it, and B, whether it's worth spending any effort or time or energy to move your project forward. So one of the first things that I'll share with you about working out the cost of renovating or building is this. Finding out what your renovation or new home will cost you is not a one-step exercise. And in fact, in my experience, the best results come from approaching this question from various angles. When you work out what your project will cost you in a more holistic way, using several inputs and different types of information, you'll ultimately come up with a much more reliable answer. And you can be more confident that your project will stay on budget, plus that you'll create a great outcome for you as a finished home. So what do I mean by this? Well, over the course of this season, I'll be taking you through various strategies that you can use to determine what your renovation or new home will cost and what to do when it looks like it's going to cost more than you actually want to spend, what information to trust and what not to, and how to stay informed and involved throughout. Because staying on top of your budget is one key factor to staying in control of your project overall. So let's start at the beginning. Where do you start when determining your budget and what are the first steps that you can take when trying to work out what it will cost you to renovate or build your home? Or more to the point, what it could cost you and what it should cost you. Well, you know, I think that's the key because we're looking at three costs here when it comes to setting your budget. So there's what it could cost you, what it should cost you and what it will cost you. And to be honest, each of these three figures might be entirely different from each other and they can also be impacted by many other factors. So let me explain a little bit more. So first there's what it could cost you. Now this will be largely impacted by how much you actually choose to do, how much you bite off, I suppose. So, you know, the sky is the limit when building or renovating, even on the most compact of sites. You can literally spend a fortune on renovating or building your home. And ultimately, spending a fortune may not add any more value to your lifestyle or your home. And whether you have access to the funds or not, spending more, adding more, creating more, that may not be what you and your family actually need from your future home either. So if you're saying, what could it cost me to build, say, a brand new four bedroom, two bathroom, two living, two car home, which is what a lot of families come to me looking for. Now that could cost you $350,000 or it could cost you $3.5 million. The same goes for renovating. You could spend two to three thousand dollars per square meter renovating your home or you could spend over ten thousand dollars per square meter. So where do you start determining what it could cost you for you and your home? I have three tips in working this out. So tip number one in working out what it could cost you to renovate your home is to start by writing a detailed brief. So a brief is the document that acts as your communication tool for your project. It's where you write down 
what you want in your finished home. And it's also where you can write what you're seeking to achieve overall by tackling this project in the first place. And things like how you want your home and the spaces in it to feel and to function. And it's also where you can write a bit about who your family is and how they live and what you do or don't want in your finished home. Think about it like a story. You know, you're telling the story of your family and the future home that you want to live in and why it needs to feel and function and look and be like that. This is the first step in thinking about how much your renovation or new build could cost you. Don't worry about it being too detailed. I've had homeowners actually tell me that their designer balked at them providing a detailed brief. And I think that's a pretty good first sign that the designer that you're speaking to might not be the right one for you. Because in my experience, great designers actually want to elicit a lot of detail from you about who you are and how you live your life. You know, who your family are, how you like to spend your time, what are your interests, your hobbies, your quirks, you know, your favorite ways to spend time together and a part. Because all of this is great intel in helping them design a home that's really going to suit you and your family. So start by writing a detailed brief. You can always simplify it down the track, but that's the first tip in trying to work out what your renovation or new build could cost you. Now, my tip number two is to start a scrapbook. Now, this could be done digitally with tools like Pinterest or Houses Idea Book, for example, or you could go old school with pictures stuck in a folio or even just cut out and popped in a box. You know, what you're doing here really is you're building a library of images that represent your taste, your preferred aesthetic and your design style. But don't go overboard and spend hours and hours doing this. This is really about you finding pictorial ways that will support the brief that you're writing and that will show what standard you expect your finished home to be done to, okay? Is it a simple and economical renovation or new build? Or is it more lush and luxurious? Or is it a total premium standard? You know, this helps to really financially benchmark your project and to illustrate this really clearly to the people that you'll be starting to talk to soon and to inform what it could cost for you to renovate or build your home. Tip number three is to start being a design detective. So I want you to start noticing the size of homes that are similar to what you're seeking to create for your renovation or new build. How big are they? If you can work out the sort of square meterage of these homes and the size of them overall as you start looking around, if you were then to multiply that by say 2,000 a square metre, 3,000 a square metre, 5,000 a square metre, what would that cost? What does that sort of add up to? And do those figures scare you? you? You know, what does that tell you about how big you think your finished home needs to be? If you can just start to get a handle on the size of things, I find that's a really good way to start setting your budget and building a picture of your project overall. Oftentimes people can't understand if they want their home to be sort of 250 square metres or 600 square metres. You know, if you can actually start to understand what homes you're looking at and how big they are and the ones that you're being inspired by and see how that translates to your own home, it'll start to give you a good understanding of what you're being drawn to and what you think is going to suit you and your needs. Now, remember, okay, we're early in our conversation about cost of building and renovating. So I'm going to be sharing more info about this as we go. And we're going to talk about how to investigate square metre rates as a starting point for your project a little bit later in the episode. But, you know, this is a really good starting point to see the feasibility of your project overall. 
Now, next is what it should cost you to build or renovate your home. And this is where you can start regulating what's possible with what's sensible, okay? So if you're building or renovating your long-term or your forever family home, it may seem a bit mercenary to think about your home as an asset that you need to achieve a return on. And in fact, that may not be the case at all for you. You may not be selling your home for another 20 years, at which point the property market can do all sorts of things that are really difficult to predict accurately right now. However, if you're struggling with where to start in setting your budget, understanding the value of your home or land as it is now, and then what that value might be as a finished, renovated or newly built home once it's done, that can be a great way to provide some moderation to budget setting and to your budget discussions overall. Many homeowners that I speak to, they're nervous about overcapitalising on their homes. And so even though they're not planning on selling anytime soon, I actually think it's part of the home ownership psychology, especially in Australia, that we have this awareness of home values and real estate and making decisions in our projects that don't make our home worth significantly more than what we could sell it for. And to be honest, look, you never know what's around the corner, be it brilliant or not so brilliant news. You know, you could get an incredible job offer overseas and need to sell your home and do that quite quickly. And so it's not hard to make your home appeal to a lot of buyers when you're building or renovating it, at the same time making it be uniquely yours. You know, those two things are not mutually exclusive. Another thing that you can think about when you're thinking about what it should cost you to build or renovate your home is looking at the impact of your financing capacity. You know, I find that most homeowners that I work with who are building or renovating their long-term family homes, what they'll do is they'll actually determine what's the maximum mortgage that they can service now without it stressing them financially. So, you know, often homeowners that I speak to have thought about this in a lot of detail. They'll factor in where they're at in their life. So if, you know, they're going to be going down to one income for a while because they're, you know, planning a family or if they're coming out of that phase and they're looking at the possibility of a part-time plus a full-time income or two full-time incomes. And then there's also sort of taking into account what future costs might be in terms of school fees and other sort of lifestyle and family costs. You know, so thinking about those, you know, I find that most people who are building or renovating their home, particularly their family homes, they're always thinking about how they can achieve an outcome that's really going to suit them long term for the maximum amount that they're capable of spending on it right now. And so understanding what your financing capacity is, is a good place to start. What it should cost you will also be affected by where you live and your site and the types of homes in your area, the soil conditions, the topography, the access, you know, how onerous your local town planning and building legislation is. All of these are factors that can impact what it should cost you to build or renovate your home. This sounds like quite a few things for you to weigh up, doesn't it? Okay, but I've got three tips for you about where to start when working out what it should cost you to build or renovate your home. So tip number one is to conduct some real estate research. You know, check out what local homes are selling for and what people are building or renovating in your area. See if you can see patterns and specific ways that people do things. Have a chat to local agents who get a lot of listings in your area. You'll generally know which ones are the the most prolific and see if they can provide some advice for you. You know, good agents, they're essentially relationship builders by nature. And even if you don't plan to sell tomorrow, you'll find that, you know, good agents are happy to give you some feedback about what buyers in your area are particularly looking for and what they will pay for. 
So go to some local home inspections as well and see what people are doing and what potential buyers are reacting to because you may get some inspiration for your project and get a bit of clarity around what's going to make sense for a renovation or a new build. Tip number two is to speak to your bank or mortgage broker and to do this early. You know, if you can understand early in the process what your borrowing capacity is, you know, and whether you plan to use it all or not, or perhaps you've got the funds saved up to pay for your project or you've inherited some money, you know, having these early conversations with your bank manager or your mortgage broker, they can be really helpful in determining the best strategy for your project overall. You know, you may find that it actually changes how you thought you were going to execute your project. For example, some banks will insist on providing a mortgage on a renovation project as a construction loan. And that will mean that your bank or, you know, whoever your lender is, will be paying from your borrowings directly to your builder based on progress claims that your builder makes according to your contract. The bank will want to see the contract and they'll want to see these progress claims as part of lending you this money. Now, if you were planning during your renovation to buy materials yourself or to pay tradies yourself or to you know mix and match in how you're actually going to execute your build, you may find that if a bank's only going to lend you money this way, that that's going to cause problems for you in, in funding the renovation over all because you're relying on your mortgage to draw money out to be able to pay these trades directly rather than paying a builder on their progress claims. So, you know, finding these kinds of things out very early on can save a lot of stress and time and effort down the track. Tip number three is to speak to builders in your area and also to check out local development applications in your area. You know, even in an early stage, wandering up to the site fence of a project that might be happening in your area and starting a conversation with the builder, it can be a helpful thing to do. You know, you can gauge what type of work the builder does, can gauge what type of work is happening in your area and the scale and the standard of finish. And you can ask the builder for rough costs of that type of work. You know, you you don't have to get a reputation in your neighborhood as the person who, is behind their back, you know, going and and checking out what all of your neighbours are spending on their renovating or building projects. But you can say to the builder, you know, I'm looking at building or renovating soon and I'm just trying to get a handle on costs. And can you tell me, you know, what square metre rates are you building this project for or what's the rough cost of this project? You know, and is this the kind of work that you do all the time? And, you know, just simple questions like that to start gathering a bit of information for yourself. You know, it's also worth knowing that many councils actually require you to declare your estimated cost of construction in your development application. And a lot of urban councils will then lodge all of those development applications to be publicly viewable online. So you can actually go online if you know the address of the property and look at the proposed floor plans of that project and see what's happening in your area. And then you can see what the estimated cost is. So if you know how to read floor plans, then you'll be able to compare obviously what is existing versus what is proposed and see how that compares to the cost. This may feel like snooping and I suppose it could be seen that way. I instead like to think of this as just curiosity. You know, curiosity is really what you need at the beginning of planning a renovation or a new home. And you need to be willing to dig into the detail, to ask questions and to uncover bits and pieces of information that will really help you build this comprehensive picture of what a renovation or a new home should cost you you in your area. The last step is to understand what it will cost you. Now, do you know who can actually tell you accurately what it will cost you to build or renovate your home? 
There's really only one person at one point in your project who can give this information to you accurately. Who might that be? Well, it's actually the builder that you'll contract to build your project. And even then, they may not be exactly right because variations may come up, there may be unexpected costs during your project, and you may change your mind about things as well as your project progresses. Look, you know, I'm being a bit cheeky because, of course, you can get a handle on what your project will cost you sooner than that. But it's important to understand that it can move and change and that you can play a key role in managing how much that happens. You know, I'd like you to understand that you can and do play a pivotal role in how well your project stays on budget. And I'm going to be talking loads more about this in this season, about how you can do this well. So one tip to think about when it comes to understanding what it will cost you to build or renovate your home is to start writing out your deal breakers, both for what you want in your finished home, what are the inclusions and the spaces and the rooms that, you know, if they didn't happen, it's just not worth building or renovating anyway. You know, what would make this renovation or new home all worthwhile? What functions, what changes to your lifestyle, what improvements to your existing home? You know, for example, perhaps it might be something like this. You know, if, if doing this renovation or new build meant that I could stand in the kitchen and I could have a conversation with my partner or friend whilst they sat nearby on the lounge and at the same time I can see the kids running around safely and happily outside, you know, and the sun is, is coming in the windows and it feels really beautiful and light and spacious and airy, this would be worth it. This would all be worth it, Okay. So that statement right there, that is a core and really simple goal to come back to when you're finding that your budget in your planning, in your figuring out costs and in your making selections as you move through, when, when you find that that's all running away from you because you've been seduced by marble splashbacks or commercial glazing or a fully fitted out butler's pantry, you know, that statement there is what I mean by deal breaker. And if you think about what the deal breakers are for your budget and project overall, then it can be so great in terms of getting some clarity. You know, another thing is to think about, you know, if this project's going to cost you X, then it's not worth proceeding. You know, if it pushes your mortgage to Y, then it's just not something you want to do. It's not a stress you want to take on. You know, it may feel strange to think about it. It's It feels a bit black and white, doesn't it? But if you're doing this with a partner, you know, I find that this can be a great way to really early on iron out some of the headaches that may come up in your project because, you know, there's nothing like money stresses to cause arguments between couples and to cause stress overall. So think about what would really kill the project for you and what would definitely make it a goer. And I find if you actually write these things down, you know, they can be really great for simplifying what your big goals are for your project and the big picture framework. And that can be a good starter for your brief as well. Okay. So in the next episode, I'm going to be sharing some resources that you can use early on to set your budget. So these are both people resources and non-people resources, okay? So remember, there's never one way to do this. And I believe that, as I said, the best results come when you build a holistic picture of this from a variety of sources, because they all contribute to a greater understanding for you of cost and budget and what's going to affect and impact it. And in the process, I find that what really happens is that you uncover some clever advice, some great people, and then strategies about how you can save money or avoid budget blowouts in your project and achieve a greater outcome overall. 
Now, before I go, I wanted to mention something that I did recently. I ordered my first Kiko LED light strip fitting. So we have a family bathroom that we all share, <laughs> just and uh, which makes for fun times. And it has one light fitting in the centre of the ceiling. So this is the frustrating about this, you know, and this is a challenge with any bathrooms or en suites and with lighting them generally is that when you have a one ceiling fitting in the middle of the ceiling, you've always got the light behind you when you're looking at yourself in the mirror. And so if you're trying to do makeup or anything like that, see anything in detail on your face and the light is behind you, it just never works very well. So I wanted to fix this in our bathroom. And so I went onto the Kiko LED website and I ordered a fixture that is their Kiko 8. So it's an L-shaped channel. So if you picture a square shape, all right, so the two joining sides are the L-shaped light diffuser, so the cover, and then the other two joining sides are an aluminium L-shaped channel. And then the LED strip is in the middle of that. So we have a 900 millimetre wide mirror that's just stuck directly to the wall over our vanity basin. And I'm going to be putting this Kiko LED strip light directly above the mirror. And because it's this L-shaped bracket, if you have a look on the website at what the Kiko 8 is, it will shine light out and diagonally outwards, straight outwards, and then also down the face of the mirror. I chose an IP67 rated fitting, so that means that it can handle the wet atmosphere of the bathroom. So if you're choosing lighting for your outside or for your wet areas, make sure that you look at what the IP rating is because it's really important. And for the moment, I'm just going to plug this light fitting into a nearby power outlet and later on I'll get it hardwired to a switch. I chose a warm LED light because I find that particularly around kids that the cold LED colour is a little bit too much, a bit too harsh for kids. But I find generally that I like using warm LED lights anyway. And I chose the 14.4 wattage because this bathroom really doesn't have a lot of lighting in it. And I need that to have some extra punch. And I basically just touch base with Kiko LED to make sure that all of my decisions were the right ones for where I was planning on putting this. And I got an email back saying, yep, that's all good before you know my order went through. So I can't wait to share with you when my order arrives because I'll basically film how I unpack it and so you can see what it comes like as a DIY kit and then show you what it's how easy it is to install. Now in the meantime, remember to head to www.kiko.com.au forward slash undercover architect and you can access your UA community only $25 discount. And you can check out the different choices, have a look at the Kiko 8 that I've just ordered and see if you want to make your first order too. Join me next time for episode two of the season and I'll take you through the resources that you can use to set and to stay on your budget. Until then. Thank you for tuning in to the Get It Right podcast with Undercover Architect. Now, if you head to the Undercover Architect website, you'll see loads more helpful information on how to get it right when designing, building or renovating your home simply and with confidence. Not only can you see all the podcast episodes there, there's also a wealth of written blogs and of videos too covering all sorts of topics. And there's other ways as well that Undercover Architect can give you more support and guidance for your project. Now, if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, please subscribe so that you always get notified of new episodes as soon as they go live. And I'd love it too if you could please leave a review. I <laughs> know that iTunes doesn't make it easy to leave a review, but when you do, this is super helpful in spreading the word that this podcast exists to others who really need to hear it to get help with planning their future homes. 
This has been Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. Thank you for listening and for letting me be your secret ally. Looking forward to next time. Bye. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, podcast.